Um, good morning, Tan. I mean, good afternoon to you. Um, uh, we're recording outside of our normal to- time, aren't we? Do it's we a little wanna, discombobulating. Do we want to inhabit characters for this? I mean, m- just because more than I we feel like they are. Yeah, I feel like there's so much affectation in this movie, and people are so like, you know, concerned in their nineties bags. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I'm wondering if we should adopt like nineties sort of personas for this one. Okay. Sure. So, yeah. yeah, let's think about it. Um, well, it's the 90s. There's probably grunge music playing or like it's either grunge or it's like really cheesy, like adult contemporary pop that this was a lot. There was a lot of in this movie as well. It's like not to make fun of her by associating her with the word cheesy that you just said, but like Lisa Loeb. Is that what you're talking about? Lisa Loeb. I think there was a Springsteen song in here, yeah. which okay. felt pretty yeah. like out of place, you know, yeah. just like. You know, not necessarily the songs that they're going to be playing on 93.3 KTCL. Yeah. Okay. Which you might expect from this movie, you know, or like a student radio station, you know. I gotcha. I was expecting a lot more pavement. I was expecting a lot more Radiohead. I was expecting a lot more. You've missed. um, You've, you've. Isn't that, these were like cool kids in the 90s, right? They, oh man, how do I start on what was and wasn't cool in the 90s? Well, I think that's where we do need to start because that's how we're going to hone in on these characters that okay. we need to do for the show. So, it's, And I, I don't care if it takes the entire time. I don't care if we don't talk about the movie at all, even though I did really like it. No, I want to. It is, but we got to get this right. So it 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 is cool, but it's not like indie cool. Okay. I mean, it's not like, you know, like it's, pavement. It's, pavement is... Too Pavement cool is movie? too cool and in a different direction. It's more too like accessible. Like, this needs to be accessibly cool. Here's a true. Let me tell you this. This is a true story about this movie. Um, Ethan Hawke, I think, discovered Lisa Loeb like playing in a coffee shop, like okay. while he was like prepping for this movie. It didn't have anything to do with the fact that her dad is a very famous music- musician. Hey, it's Jack here uh, doing the edit. Uh, I don't normally like to do this. I kind of like to let our work stand for itself and what we said in the moment stand for itself as a document of a moment in time and uh, two people who were who they were when they said it. Um, Authenticity is just really important to uh, what we do and the product that we put out. But I did want to jump in here um, based on Tanner's comment and uh, just read for you folks and you can judge for yourselves, um, something that I found on Lisa Loeb's uh, Wikipedia page, and I'd just like to read it to you now. It goes as follows. Lisa Loeb was born to a Jewish family in Bethesda, Maryland, but was raised in Dallas, Texas. Her parents still live in Dallas. Her mother, Gail, was the president of the Dallas County Medical Society Alliance and Foundation, and her father, Peter Loeb, was a gastroenterologist. So I don't know where Tanner got that from. And I did, because I'm a journalist, uh, reach out to him just now um, over the Slack channel that we share together uh, to get his comment on the record. And uh, he has provided it. And he says, uh, and this is a quote, I thought her father was Frank Zappa, question mark. And um, 
you know, anyway, that's a thing. So back to the show. I don't know enough about the story. But that's cool in the sense that, like, he's going to coffee shops and, like, finding undiscovered artists. But it's not cool in that it's, like, it's Lisa Loeb. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I want to say I love Lisa Loeb. Like, all respect to Lisa Loeb and that fantastic song. But it's, like, coffee shop cool, not, like, basement show cool. Yes. This Does that make coffee sense? Coffee shop cool. Yeah. So that that's then a good question: is where where do we want to fall on the spectrum? Do we want to be indie cool or do we want to be coffee shop cool? Well, do I would be true to the film. I am or? indie cool, so it's not like I would be inhabiting a character. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. To be I'm like, sort of like guy, um, guy who knows a lot about like underground '90s bands is not like that much of an acting reach for me. Okay. Right. <laughs> Um, I don't think I'm cool. At, I don't think there is a way that I'm cool. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. I'm kind of a flash in the pan cool right now where it's kind of cool to like nerdy things. Should we just but say I'm always like nerdy? Should things. we say, let me say this and you tell me if it's true or not. And I don't think either of us should necessarily take offense at this. Okay. Um, you're Ben Stiller from Reality Bites, and I'm Ethan Hawke from Reality Bites. I think and- that's 100% true, and actually, I think if anyone should be insulted by that, it's yeah. you. Yeah, now it turns out that that's true. In the 90s, everyone would have been like, oh man, bum deal, Tanner. Yeah. I can't believe you let Jack take this dreamboat of a good, authentic person who everyone would want to be with. But yeah. now, I look like the asshole for even admitting that that's who I am. Yeah, yeah. And also, it's, like, yeah. wildly unsuccessful, too, you know? Like, <laughs> Ben Stiller's character invented the real world at the end of this movie. Yeah, and he's got a really cool job. <laughs> so I'm uh, sort of like a yuppie. Yeah, you're kind of a yuppie. I think that was yuppie. sort of like what that, that archetype was referred to as in the 90s. And I'm obsessed and sort of with a, my own authenticity. You're sort of a, a, a gentleman philosopher, you know? Like yeah. Like a sage. Like, you do, like, the... Yeah, mala- he's tipped his doctor's cap. To me. It's not a milady tip. It's a sage. Yeah, no, no. It's, it's like a, a wise. wise like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Spock-like, you know? Yeah. Except you really you really love sort of like pretty corny 90s like alt hits. Yeah, but I don't think it's perceived as corny by me or my peers. No, yeah, I know. But yeah. that's the benefit of hindsight. Yeah. You know, I don't um, think... I'm perceived as a yuppie. I think I'm just perceived as someone who's upwardly mobile and also yeah. like massively successful. Good looking. Yeah. Successful. Earnest. See, and Ernest. that's a question here. Cause you know, like I, I think that what we're going to be delving into there, no jokes. Should we just say now, no jokes today, I think no jokes. And we are going to be inhabiting characters. My name yeah. is nineties Tanner. Um, uh, oh yeah. And I'm nineties Jack, I should say. Yeah. And we, um, we're from the 90s. We're from 1994. And I'm yeah. not 10. I'm like an adult. No, it's me now, by yeah, which I yeah, mean yeah. me at 20. <laughs> me at 20, which is how I think of myself in my head, even though I'm <laughs> yeah. getting close to In 40. 1994, yes. Except it's 2022. Yes. Okay, we're yeah. there. So we're there, yes. Um, and we're, but, and we, so we won't be doing any jokes or comedy or humor, I think, for the rest no, of no the time. episode. Uh, yeah. We don't have time for it, and it's also like no it's not a very funny time. It's a, it's a time about like finding out who you really are and like well, yeah, being and like real. Or not you're it's about being real, AIDS, you know, and instance. finding a job in this market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Good luck. Yeah.
and being real. It's time to stop. Uh, what do we say? It's time to stop something something and start being real. Yes. Is that from the movie? No, it's from a TV show that um, uh, from I rea- think they real- stole from this movie world. Yeah. called Reality World. Yes. Yes. Perfect. Good. You got it right. So it's time to stop whatever, and it is time to start being real. And we're so we're going to try to explore our real selves today. I should say, um, welcome to the big show. It's the Strange Bedfellows. I'm a strange bedfellow named '90s Jack. My name is '90s Tanner. Yes, and uh, this week we're talking about a um, Calabunga. It's a romance film. It's a romantic. Yeah. Um, and it's a very famous romantic film that I love and have loved since it came out. It's called Reality Bites. And you could say Reality Bites if you want, but I say Reality Bites. Reality Bites. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it makes it sound like a cereal or something. <laughs> yeah. I think it's Reality Bites because it's like, I mean, I guess it's like little bites of reality. But what it really is, is it's saying like Reality Bites, man. Yeah. And it's a show within a show because Reality yeah. Bites is a show. And the show in the show is Reality Bites, too. So it's yeah. two shows. Is there show the shows the show on MTV is called Reality Bites? Yeah, well, is the it? one on MTV is called Reality World. Okay, good, nailed. But it. the show that Ben Stiller makes for this movie is called yeah. Reality Bites, okay. and that's the name yeah. of the movie too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I hope everyone's following us so far. And um, I'm '90s Tanner, and it's a different guy than the regular Tanner. Yeah, but not that different. <laughs> not that different. His music yeah. tastes, I guess, are slightly different. Yeah. So and same. I'm '90s Jack. My music tastes are, are slightly more broad. Yeah, but still quite authentic. Mine are slightly like hipper. Yeah. So should we say the movie? Yeah, the movie is called Reality Bites. It's about Winona Ryder, who Jack has always uh, been in love with since the day I met him. Let uh, me sorry, say something. Sarah, about that's this. his true love. Let me say something about this because it's just for folks. If you didn't watch the movie before, I want to do a, um, I guess, a trigger warning. Uh, if okay. you're going to watch the movie after listening to this, okay. Um, Winona Ryder is so incandescently beautiful in this film that yeah. it is genuinely difficult to watch the film. <laughs> you, you were distracted. It's not about distracting. It's like if someone's like shining a bright light on the screen the whole time, it's like I, I had to shield my eyes. Yeah, that's true. She's very beautiful. <laughs> it's a movie full of beautiful people, including... Yeah. Um, including Janine Garofalo. Um, Janine Garofalo and... Um, Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. Jesus. Louises. With a, with a mustache sort of a, that d- j- just works for him. <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty scrubby kind of um, yeah. handsome in this movie, but he's still a good looking guy. Yeah. Um, I had a whole bit prepared for Ben Stiller where I was going to check in on his iconic character, Mr. Peepers from the TV show SNL. Okay. Um, but then I remember that that's not Ben, Smil- ben Stiller. It's Chris Catan. Okay. I'm so glad that we didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> They look an awful lot alike, though, don't they? they kind of I don't those, know, man. Those yeah. dark features a little yeah. bit. But this is not, directed this isn't by you want to engage on, huh? and starring Ben Stiller. Not really. Yeah, it's directed by and starring Ben Stiller. He had a hit TV show in the 90s that I've seen all of. The Ben Stiller Show. Called The Ben Stiller Show. Yeah. It was one of the first DVDs I owned. <laughs> yes. Someone gave it to me as a gift, and I was like, all right, I'll watch it. Yeah. And I loved it, and it's got the same vibe as this. It's got a similar vibe. Pretty similar. But this, he's not the hero. Well, this is, I think, the crux of our conversation today. Is he the hero? I say yes. Is he the hero? No. Because all of these people, Ethan, the Ethan Hawks, the, the wandering philosopher, the gentleman philosophers of the world, all think that what they're doing is significant. They think they're having an impact on culture. They think that they're meant to have an impact on culture. Right. But through their 
ineffectiveness through their through their like self-importance and their smarminess yeah it turns out that they're not having any impact on it on anything because they're not doing anything they're not doing it's ben stiller's out here getting the fucking work done you he's know? getting the work done and then ethan here's what ethan hawk says he says what is it that you want from me huh what is it you want me to get a job on the line for the next 20 years until i'm granted leave with my gold-plated watch and my balls full of tumors because i surrendered the one thing that means shit to me well honey you can just exhale because it's not going to happen not in this lifetime that's what <laughs> happened to us that's what happened to us. Wait, did, did we got think... a job on the podcasting line, and that's why our balls are full of tumors? Yeah, I think so. And now we're both. We didn't like even get a gold like... watch. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what an optimistic like sentiment. Yeah, Ethan Hawk is like you only have to. I'm going to work for the next. He's he's presumably 22 in this film. Yeah, they're all just graduated from high school. Yeah, you're going to find a company that's going to let you work. Yeah, this is the 90s. For, man. He said he's 20 doing... years. He said yeah. I'm going to work on the line for 20 years before I yeah. retire. Good He's luck. expecting to retire at 45. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> I'm pushing 40 and I don't even have any money in savings. Yeah, so, yeah. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to our generation, Ethan Hawk. Yeah, Ethan You're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. And he's going what's going to happen is like 5 years from now, he's going to be scrambling to get an internship at Ben Stiller's company. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe his band um Hey, that's my car. Hey, that's my car, right. <laughs> and that's ripping off Dude, Where's My Car? Well, that's a question, right? This came out before Dude, Where's My Car? But it's, I so know, it's but like that doesn't mean anything to No, us. that's what you I'm saying that. is history rhymes, man. Yeah, time's a flat circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So you've come around then. We're, we're definitely like pro-Ben Stiller, pro-Yuppies, anti kind of like crunchy bohemian 90s hippies. Yeah, I think I've lost something inside me. Uh, and maybe it's my authentic self. I think Ethan Hawke has too. And I think that's what he admits when he comes home from Seattle at the end of the film. And we will get to the film. Yeah, we should say, in a moment. say what happens. Yeah. He's wearing a suit. He's got a yeah. corporate job at his dad's company. You know, Does like he? yeah. he's lost a little bit of himself too. Yeah, I guess so. He's an asshole the whole way through this movie in a way that I think like must have been charming in the 90s. But it's like, feels cool, kind huh? of emotionally abusive now <laughs> yeah he's definitely like a he's like a gaslighter you know he like the big asshole scene from ethan hawk and i should say he's dreamy this movie's great i love their love like no problems with it but it, it just like watching it in the cold light of 2022 like he's such a fucking asshole yeah he's a huge prick yeah. but the big scene that he's an asshole the memorable scene is um she like goes on a date with ben stiller and he's like pissed about it and he's like shitty to her for no reason yeah and then she's like something's bothering you that much i wish you could just be man enough to talk to me about it and then he like looks her in the eyes and he's like i am really in love with you and then she like does like wide puppy dog winona rider eyes and then he fucking laughs in her face and he was just kidding and he was being ironic (laughs) is that what you want to hear is it well don't flatter yourself (laughs) <laughs> that's such a shitty fucking thing that 90s somebody. irony strikes again irony is so okay so this is another question uh we've all learned all of us learned what irony means from watching this movie didn't we yeah it makes me glad like the days of like intense irony are over because i think i'm bad just bad enough at social cues you yeah. know that i think i would have been in real trouble had i been trying to be like a social like adult having relationships with other adults in the 90s do you want to define irony for me please now 
Oh boy. Yeah. And, and this is another, like, you know how people give like boomer shit for having it so easy their entire lives. Like, Oh, you went to college for $5 and then bought a house for like, you know, yeah. whatever, like pennies. Yeah. Um, the Gen Xers had it pretty easy too, because their job interviews simply consisted of being asked to define <laughs> iron. To define iron. Which Winona Ryder couldn't do. She couldn't do it. <laughs> no offense, sweetie, but you don't have any experience on a newspaper. You're a TV. Well, I'm, I'm trying to make like, the transition to print journalists. Ah, uh, why? Well, newspapers are the last watchdogs uh-huh. of our, our government. They enforce the checks and balances, and we're half our okay. TV lands up to one. Okay, all right. Define irony. Irony, uh, irony. It's a noun. It's, uh, when something is ironic. It's, uh, well, I can't, um, really define irony, but I know when I see it. Yeah. Um, I think Ethan Hawke describes it as when the definition of a term has the opposite meaning of the, no, wait, what does he say? It's when the actual meaning is the exact opposite of the intended meaning. This day has been the biggest nightmare. I mean, these job interviews, Troy, the word vivisection, a staggering understatement. Can you define irony? It's when the actual meaning is the complete opposite from the literal meaning. Yes. Yes, yes. That is and you says. know what he is reading at the moment? That So she the famous scene, Winona Ryder. Let uh, me guess. Is that in tr- The Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? It's a fa- Winona Ryder tries to get a job, and then the lady's like, define irony, and she can't do it. And then she goes and meets Ethan Hawke at a coffee shop, and she's like, can you believe it? She asked me to define irony, and then he just like reels it off. Um, yeah. And in that moment, he is in the middle of uh, a little book called Being in Time by Heidegger. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I guess they hadn't heard about Heidegger's problematic past yet. Um, exhausting. Do you... you what? Heidegger's anti-Semitism? So many more interesting things about being in time, especially as it relates to this. Is the whole second part of being in time is about who your authentic self is. And like yeah, I don't know authentic. anything about my yeah, authentic self. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're the Ben Stiller. I literally just got out of therapy before we, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah? before we were on. So. And what did you learn? I learned that, um, well, I learned about uh, open open hands. What's that? It's a, a method for being non-judgmental. If you're feeling judgmental towards someone, open your hands towards them. Okay. Are you feeling, do you feel judged? Do I feel judged now that you're opening your hands to me? No, I feel like you want to like cup my pecs. Based half on smile, half, hey, half smile and open hands. I do that or you do that? I do that to you to make you feel like I'm not judging you. No, you make me feel like I, you know what you make me feel like is like, I like promised to give you money or something and I forgot about it. And you're like, <laughs> well, <laughs> do you think that when a young, so like, wait, let me look up a uh, vamp. Okay, perfect. That's great. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I'm going to try the open hands. Thing. Um, do you think that a little girl, yeah. uh, a 20 year old, I guess she was already 20. Do you think a 20-year-old girl was sitting in her living room in Ottawa, Canada during this irony scene and was like, this is my calling. This is my job. I am meant to teach the world about irony. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ch- here to, to convert all of these Gen Xers yeah. from like mindless sort of like non-liberal arts majors. Yeah, to people who to, can actually define something. Yeah. And then, but she was like, first I got to get out of this toxic relationship with Dave Cooley. 
<laughs> I, first, I have to like my calendar is just completely taken up with whining, dining, sixty dining. Yeah, I think that must have been it. But she missed the message, didn't she? Yeah. <laughs> February ninety six is when yeah. Alanis Morissette's there ironic came out. There we go. I, it's so nineties. It's also so the film is also very postmodern, and in a way that like I don't think about postmodernism that much anymore there's okay. we, we think about it a little bit with like disinformation because that's like postmodernism like allows for disinformation because it's like there's just like a a myriad of meanings for everything and meaning yes. doesn't and we're like post meaning and that's how like so like all the disinformation stuff is kind of postmodern in a bad way okay but this movie reminds me of like how fucking pervasive a cultural force postmodernism was De- like define postmodernism in the context of this film there are a few scenes i can there are a few scenes that i noted down that just like that like come from an, a postmodern ethos um at the 20 minute mark it's a very specific part of it of postmodernism the 20 minute mark janine garofalo says troy aren't you excited and then ethan hawk says i'm bursting with fruit flavor oh yeah this, god this movie is so 90s there's so yeah so many of those moments. And then later, Winona Ryder says, You know, I finally figured out what your problem is, Dyer. And Ethan Hawke says, What's that? I'm not a pepper? <laughs> I don't get that one. Because uh, uh, yes, people who like Dr. Peppers, I think, are peppers. Yeah. Th- this is like, I remember this from the 90s, but there was this this big sort of movement to kind of send up a lot of the kind of cultural touchstones oh shoot are you recording the zoom yeah okay i never hit record on my recorder perfect so okay hey now my audio sounds good right yeah doesn't it now that can't you tell the difference now folks can you tell the difference between when i had my uh microphone turned off and now when i have it turned on <laughs> it sounds great right um anyway what was i saying oh i feel like i remember that from the 90s that like the subversion was to like kind of make fun of the lifestyle and the products and the media from the 60s it's this like but it's also like which i think of as like the parents generation right it's this like it's this like anti-capitalism that is coming through by like adopting all the actual language of capitalism and like products yeah so cool and then using it ironically and deploying it as like part of your like you know who you're describing yeah who you're describing ben stiller's character in this film remember that that teaser he threw together for reality bites where their heads are on a pizza hut box look i'm sorry all right they were just trying to market it and and, and i wish i could be perfect okay i mean i wish i could be like troy riding on his melted cheese sandwich and everything but dare bring troy into this hey i wish i could be like him i mean i wish i could live off of creeds and mottos and all that shit all right but i'm in the real world here okay And, and i have ideals also they're, they're, they're that I, I, I care about you and, and I want to make you happy and, and I'm, I'll make them take the pizza thing out, okay? Yeah, totally. Exactly. He's like post-postmodern. He's what do you post, call that? post-postmodern. Now. It's, that's now. That's now. So he's yeah, ahead of his time. He's way ahead of his time. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, he's the real hero of this film. But yeah, that's interesting. And it's also just like I'd forgotten how like pervasive that shit was. Like just using like, I don't know, ironically using like ad slogans as a way of showing that you're like not part of the system, even though yeah, you're part so of cool. the system. Yeah. 
It's cool. What a cool movie. It's so fun and good. And we made a real mistake moving culture away from that, I think. Yeah. You know? Now there is no irony. Now we it's over. Yeah. It'll be back. I think it'll be back. I hope so. What else? Uh, we should say the movie, I think. We, uh, we should say the yeah. movie. Smash Cut. It's college yeah. graduation. Winona Ryder is giving a speech. It's sort of like the um, uh, Remember to Wear Sunscreen speech where it's also a little bit uh, postmodern. And she says, yeah. like, you know, what are we supposed to do now? Like, yeah. I don't know. And yeah. Everyone, like, loses their mind and cheers. Everyone loves it. And they wonder why those of us in our 20s refuse to work an 80-hour week just so we can afford to buy their BMWs. Why we aren't interested in the counterculture that they invented, as if we did not see them disembowel their revolution for a pair of running shoes. But the question remains, what are we going to do now? How can we repair all the damage we inherited? Fellow graduates... The answer is simple. The answer is... The answer is... I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I don't have an answer. And in the 90s, that you could be pretty comfortable not having it, just being like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I know. They don't have a lot of answers in this film. Like, yeah. they don't know <laughs> how to define irony. And yeah. there was some other, like, very basic factoid that someone got wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, here it is. Janine, at one point, Garofalo, Ethan Hawke asks her what her social security number is, and she just recites it. And he says, very impressive. Quick, Vicky, what's your social security? It's like that's not that impressive. I no, I know not. my social yeah, security. Yeah, I know mine number. too. Let's say let's say ours now. Okay, will you bleep it? Yeah. Okay. Why do we do that? <laughs> <laughs> to prove that we're not these dumb Gen Xers who yeah. apparently just like coasted by for their entire like existence. Yeah, so we're not. Uh but yeah, so they uh she does a big graduation speech and then she moves in with Janine Gross. She's valedictorian, by the way. She's like she's valedic- smart. She's, yeah, she's smart, but it's like direction i mean she like wants to make art and she's making this documentary video art a cool video documentary about her friends it's like very authentic yes her friends are janine garofalo who works at the gap and gets a job as management at the gap let me say what she says yeah um she says of her documentary at the 24 minute mark i'm uh, making this documentary about my friends but it's really about people who are trying to find their own identity without having any real role models or heroes or anything her friends are steve zahn who's a gay closeted gay man who they're helping yeah. to navigate coming out of the closet with his yeah. parents yeah uh, oh by the way Jeanine garofalo is I think promiscuous and is concerned that she She's has slept HIV. with 66 men. And we know this because she writes a, um, keeps a list of it and she doesn't have HIV. She's obsessed with uh, fear that she might. Yeah. And then there's Ethan Hawke who is yeah. just like, uh, has completely like bottomed out. He's like, just like mean. And he's in a band called, Hey, that's my car. Yeah. And he can't keep a job and didn't graduate with them. And like essentially is homeless. Let's move on and uh, say what happens in the movie. There, she's making a documentary, but she meets Ben Stiller in a car incident. She flicks her she cigarette yep. into his car and causes him to crash into her. 
<laughs> and he does a big crash. Everyone smokes in this movie. It was yeah. the 90s. Everyone was smoking everywhere. Yeah. Like, people were smoking, like, in their job interviews and shit. Yeah. Like, at one point, Winona Ryder is having, like, a confrontational meeting with her parents. Yeah. And, like, asking them for money. And she's, like, smoking, like, a chimney during the thing. That's it's cool. Like, yeah. That's no way to, like, impress your parents, you know? Yeah. So, she's trying to get a job. So, she has a job on a morning show called Good Morning Daryl or something like that. Yeah, and Killian from Running Man is the host of it. Yeah, and the dad from Frasier is the host of it too. Yeah, and Killian from Running Man and the dad from Frasier are the same man. And he's a very like happy, jolly, outgoing old man on but screen, mean. but is yeah. mean in person and really hates Winona Ryder because he she didn't put his coffee cup on his coffee table, which is a, what he a job he was supposed to do. Didn't he get the memo about? Yeah. Espresso yourself. Am I here to abuse you, Miss Paris? Am I here to make you laugh? Is that the real reason I'm on this show? Mr. Goodwin, when I prepare your note cards, you're supposed to get your own espresso. Didn't you get my Express Yourself memo? I don't have time for your little mind games. And then she's trying to put together like a promo for this like indie movie, and her producer loves it and shows it to Dad from Frasier, and he's like, fuck this. You're fired. Yeah, I hate you're you. You're fired. Yeah. So now she needs to find a new job in the well, entertainment industry, she gets which is fired tough to do in Houston, Texas. Because she... Uh, she makes him alters, say that he's alters a his cue cards. Yeah, <laughs> to say on air some pretty fucked up shit. That's funny. Yeah. Well, with us today is Libby Kumba, the author of this book. Mommy, why do I hate myself? Self-esteem for parent and child. Good morning, Libby. Good morning, Grant. Good morning. Now, Libby, I'm concerned with self-esteem. Personally, I've always had an odd preference for very, very young girls. I, I mean, uh, uh, being a total prick, Lee Pear, why do we welcome this audience again, huh? So she's fired, and then her dad gives her a gas card for graduation, and they, her, she and her friends scheme to make money by paying for people's gas with the gas card and having them give her cash. Yeah. Which is pretty good, too. She tries to get a job at a wiener truck, and David Spade is very funny. <laughs> there you go, sir. And have a tune, wiener dude. All righty. Okay. I'm going to throw a few numbers out at you, and you put them together in your head as quick as you can. Okay? okay. 85 and 45, go. 140. Nope. 150. Nope. 160. It's not an auction. Miss Pierce... There's a reason I've been here six months. Yeah, he's been there for six months. Yeah. Steve Zahn is gay. He wants to come out to his parents. He does during the course of the film. They don't take it well, but it's not really focused on. Janine Garofalo is afraid of having HIV, but she doesn't. And she works at The Gap and is like kind of getting into her career as a Gap store manager. Yeah. And, and they like alienating her from her friends. It's not like I had a hysterectomy or anything. I just, you know, I got fired. I'll find something else, you know? <gasps> oh, my I need a part-timer. You need a job. That would be so cool. It's only like $5 an hour. No big deal, but it's a pretty good opportunity. Yeah, it's a dream come true. It is. You know, I'm, I think I said I'm, I'm working out a plan. Yes? Yeah, so what's the plan? I'm not going to work at the Gap, for Christ's sake. Okay? No. I oh, mean, no. no I meant I'm I didn't so mean sorry. Oh, how stupid of me to try to drag you down to my level. Yeah, because it's like not authentic. 
It's yep. like what's authentic is not having a job and smoking, chain smoking all day. Which is what um, Ethan Hawke does in this film. Yeah, and he's and very good f- at it. And fights with, uh, he's with so Winona Ryder. And mean. does big kisses on he's her. He's so mean, always. Yeah, and he really hates Ben Stiller, of course. Who's so nice. Like, there's nothing. So also what I'll say is, so like the crux of this movie is that Ben Stiller is like, uh, he's like, hey, you're really talented. I love your documentary. I think it's great. I'm going to show it to like the MTV people that I work for. And she like doesn't want him to, but he does it anyway. And then he's like, they fucking loved it. They're like, this is the authentic voice we've been looking for. And my memory of the film is that- um, In Your Face TV, did you say that's the name of his network? It's called In Your Face TV. Before I rewatched it this time, my memory is him like, he doesn't understand her art and he like turns it into a piece of shit. And That is true. That is true. It's not true though. Did you see the post credit scene? Yeah, but this time, I guess so. But what actually happens is, like, he gives them the tape and, like, doesn't realize what they're going to do with it. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a lie. I think okay. he's being a, a master manipulator. I think okay. he's the one who cut it together like that. Because the proof is in the pudding, because we yeah. see At his version s- of Reality yeah. Bites, which is, like, a scripted kind yeah. of, like... It's like the horny. Hills. Like yeah, yeah, it's really dumb. Yeah, but it's like them. It's like there's an Ethan Hawke type of person. In it but that's his there. vision of it, so, yeah. Roy, why are you doing this to me? I know we can be happy together. You'll chill in time. Right now I need someone who understands what my music and the band mean to me. But it's just music, Roy. I'm a human being with deep feelings who feels things deeply. Music is feeling, babe. Band may be a small dream, but it's the only one I've got. I'm Audi 5000. Any other plot details we need to discuss? That's the I think main that's movie. It. I think that's And then it. Ethan Hawke disappears. Yeah. And she breaks up with Ben Stiller because I don't remember why. For that But because reason. he, yeah. And it turns out that Ethan Hawke had gone back to his dad's, I think his dad's house know. to become. No, I think he went to go like get a job at his dad's okay. company. Yeah. And be like an upstanding citizen to impress Winona Ryder. Yeah. And then his dad dies, so he comes back home. He comes back, and he's sad and, like, briefly vulnerable. Hi. I was wondering if I could talk to you for a minute before you go. See, the thing is that, uh, well, uh, my dad died. Oh, God, Troy, I'm sorry. No, it's... I'm so no, sorry. No, it... <laughs> yep. And that's true love, folks. And that's true love. And then they fall in love and they probably get married and their balls fill up with tumors and they die. Yeah. Yep. And before they life. retire at 45. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We've said the whole movie. Let's take a quick break and uh, come back and uh, discuss what happens in it. Okay. Okay. We're back. We said the whole movie. Yeah. Pretty much. We've said the movie. There's a lot of little details. There's a lot of little like uh, one-liners. It's a very quippy movie because the nineties were very quippy. And what I thought we would do. This is right at the end of the film, but we get to hear when Winona and Ethan have moved in together, and they seem quite happy actually, which surprises me because he's such an asshole. (laughs) He's a huge prick. Best case for Winona Ryder is that in two years, when her relationship with Ethan Hawke crashes and burns, she will run into Ben Stiller again, and he will not be attached <laughs> oh yeah that's what we're praying for right that's the sequel that's reality bites too god they should do it we should do it we should do it 
when does it take place? Is it take place like now? Now that they're in like yeah. their fifties, they're th- they're like thinking about they've got like adult children. They're thinking about retiring. They're all divorced, I think. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's midlife crisis. Same people, midlife crisis. It's a little bit too close to the bone. Maybe Janine Garofalo has died of some other like <laughs> STD. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Like she, she had her eyes on the on the HIV <laughs> on the wrong, prize for so yeah. long that she like died of syphilis. Maybe a bird flu. Oh, she's like anti-vaxxer. Janine Garofalo's character. Ugh, it's too depressing. What we get to hear a little bit of their domestic bliss, and part of it is Ethan Hawke has recorded a very '90s answering machine message. Ethan Hawke is a MUA, and who then went flat earther, who then went QAnon. Honestly, strong possibility that Ethan Hawke's politics are not progressive. Ethan Hawke or the Ethan Hawke's Ethan character, Hawke's character in, in okay. Reality Bites too. Strong yeah. possibility. You would th- it, like he thinks it is. Like he thinks it's like couched in like freedom. You know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we get to hear a little bit of their domestic bliss, and we hear their answering machine, and I'd like to present it to you, and then I thought you and I could make our own voicemails, and we can just put them on our phone, because I found it inspiring. I have a few questions. What's an answering machine? What's a voicemail? Okay. Yeah, perfect. I I thought I was updating it when I said voicemail. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see, searching my databanks for a term that Tanner and our audience will know. <laughs> um, I'm joking. I know what a voicemail is. And an answering machine. And an answering machine. I've Outgoing had them message. in my life. Yeah. yeah. Here's what Ethan Hawks says. Messy. <laughs> that would be, please leave your name, number, and a brief justification for the ontological necessity of modern man's existential dilemma. And uh, we'll get back to you. <laughs> Oh, perfect. I'm I'm assuming that your answering machine was eerily similar to this in, in the 90s. I can't remember, but I want to get... When did you I, get your first own phone? In high school or when you went off to college? I the first had a phone that was like only went to me. Yeah. Like it's not like attached to... Your family or like when, when's the first time you could have recorded your own answering machine message? Um... 2007. Okay, so th- two years before I met you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we were already adults. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're a different generation from me, man. So I got yeah. my first cell phone in high school. But so can you help me come up with a cool answering machine message like that? Yeah, I think so. And so we really want to channel this kind of like obnoxious. It's like ironic, it, but it's smart. It's like, it's flip, Well, let's right? figure out how to get Heidegger in there. What's his whole thing again? Um, in terms of ontology or in terms of ethics? Deontological. No. <laughs> his whole, no, it's not deontological. That's six syllables. That's I know, but good. yeah, that's not, that's not where he's coming from. Okay. He, he, he's coming from... Um, he applies the principles of phenomenology to questions of ontology. That's that's Heidegger's project. Okay, so that's what you just said is actually perfect. Can you repeat <laughs> that? So we'll just say like, unless you're calling to to apply the, the principles of pheno- phenomenology, should yeah. we write this down? Let's write it down. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we're gonna then, change our answer because I'm gonna have you read this? it, and then I'll just put it on my phone. Like clients call me sometimes. I'll put it on my phone. Okay. Clients call you sometimes, too. We work together. I know that's true. Okay. Uh, Unless you're calling... So this is the middle of it. You're calling to apply the principles 
of phenomenology to questions of ontology. Yeah. Hank, well, then you got to do this sort of like post-ironic, like referencing some piece of like pop oh, culture. So maybe you say culture? like, oh, hang yeah. up and try again, or um, please hang up and try again. I think that's pretty good. Please hang up and try again is good. So we can we can put the pop culture at the beginning because we've got the end. So please hang up and try again. And then, so the beginning is like, hello, you, shall I just say hello, you've reached Jack? What? Well, this is yeah. where we can put some pop culture stuff in. Um, oh, yeah, let's see. So like, what's um, a cool, like, look up ad oh, you slogans know from the 90s for me. What slogans? Ad slogans. You know, like, okay. I'm, a, yeah, I'm yeah. a pepper. Ad slogans from 1994? Sure. Okay. Here we go. 110 slogans from the 90s that are totally banging. Okay. What's up? No, that's 95. And that doesn't quite fit with the vibe. Where's the beef? I've fallen and I can't get up. That's Um, pretty good. Yeah, that you can do that ironically. I think that's good. I w- we can stop there. I've fallen and I can't get up. For young listeners, um, you may not know this, but everybody uh, for about two to three years would say, I've fallen and I can't get up, and they would just be referencing that, that commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up. We're sending help immediately, Mrs. Fletcher. See? Protect yourself with life call and you're never alone. Uh, yeah. Which was a commercial for people who... Uh, fall and can't get up. It's not like a fun catchphrase. It's about like older people who have trouble getting up. <laughs> and yeah. that's the type of shit that was pretty funny to us in the 90s. Do the Do came out in 94. The slogan Do the Do from Mountain Dew. Yeah. So I'm wondering if maybe that's what we say at the end. You I've know, got or it. like, what about, do the, uh, like, instead of like leave your message at the beep, just say like, Do the Do. Oh, that's pretty good. I'll say, What about this? You do you. I'll do the do. Oh, can you do that? What? Can you kind of like plus up a an ad slogan? I think so because we're using them like we're, we're using them. That to, feels to, kind of post post to show that we have distance from like corporatism. Like we're not like we're not into them. Okay. Yeah. 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 I agree. Okay. Okay. So we've got we've got a tag, but now so we're we're gonna open with like, so this is good. Hey, hey, you've reached Jack. Unfortunately, I've fallen, but I can't get up. Yeah, perfect. What about just like, hey, it's Jack, I've fallen and I can't get up? Are you worried people might think you've fallen and you can't get up? Or is this has this meme penetrated society so much that yeah. you think we're okay? Well, and it's going to come through in your read, too. And I'm reading it. Do you want to read it or do you want me to? I guess it's better if I do. So then I think that's it, actually. I think we've got the whole thing. You want me to read it for the message? Or is there yeah, anything please. else you want to add before we... Um, well, let's read it now. Okay, so this isn't for the message. I'll just read okay. it back to you. Hey, it's Jack. I've fallen and I can't get up. Unless you're calling to apply the principles of phenomenology to questions of ontology, please hang up and try again. You do you. I'll do the do. Yeah, that's great. Okay, do you like that? I like I like it. I like that it's completely uncaring. It's very cold. Yeah. You're not concerned about who's calling you for any reason at all. Yeah. You're telling them at the end, like, you do you. Like, do yeah. not involve me in this. Yeah, you know? I'm not... I don't give a shit. Yeah, I think that's good. My mom ha- does a version of this. She's very proud of her answering machine message, which has been the same for, like, 30 years. And she says yeah. in her British accent, it always ends, she says, if you'd like to leave a message, please do. 
That's but funny. it's like strongly implying that like she doesn't give a shit whether you. Yeah, I don't care. I'm not going to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> but like I mean that you I should want set to? mine to. <laughs> yeah, you can leave a message if you want to. Either way, it doesn't matter because I'm definitely not going to listen to it uh, because that is 100% my lived truth. Yeah, I might. If you've got an interesting phone number, I might glance at the auto transcript that Apple made for me. Oh, that's nice. But I'm certainly not going to listen to I don't want to hear your voice. Yeah. Yeah. Shall I read this for my machine now? And you can just give me notes? Yeah, please. Okay, so this is going on my uh, voice. And you have to be completely detached and disaffected. Okay, ready? Daria. Yeah. Hey, it's Jack. I've fallen and I can't get up. Unless you're calling to apply the principles of phenomenology to questions of ontology, please hang up and try again. You do you. I'll do the two. Perfect. You know who you sounded like? You sounded like that one kind of like detached, disaffected, uh, interstitial announcer from MTV in the 90s. uh, uh, Dennis Miller? Was it Dennis Miller? Yeah, kind of. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there a was little one... Dennis Miller. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of who I was channeling yeah. a little bit. It was yeah. good. I think yeah. that was clean. That was a clean cut, too. That's so clean. I think anyone who wants that... Yeah. Maybe maybe do it again, but this time just leave out the, hey, it's Jack. Okay. Say, like, hey, it's me. So there's one of the the um, the, the bed babies. The, oh, the so, bed yeah. Bed babies can use this for their voicemail. So the I'll just do... I'm going to do a take, and you can use this for your voicemail. Do you think have we really nailed in how this is a romance? Because it is. It's a one romance. Of the more romantic. It's a films. romance. It's about who, like who like it's about finding someone you can be authentic with. You can find your real self with. That's like what's more romantic than that? And it's not Ben Stiller, even though he's rich and nice. Sometimes yeah, cool. it's a fucking asshole. And we like him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very we don't romantic. Like Ethan Hawk it's very extremely much. romantic. And also, these people are so beautiful. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of beautiful people. God. Do you want me to do a take for folks uh, who want to put it yeah, on their please. voicemail? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yep. And you can do one too if you want, so they can choose our voices. No, I don't think I can do. I'm too peppy. I can't do the disaffected. Well, why don't you do a peppy one, and I'll do a disaffected one, and then they can use which one they like. I'll throw okay. it in the chat for you, and remember to say, "Say, hey, it's me." So anyone. Oh, can you, use uh, it. should I generate my own? Do we have time? We can do one for you if you want. I would love to. Okay. Well, what I'll do this one. I'll just lay it down now so folks can use it. I'll, yours is kind of the Ethan Hawke one, and I'll go for the Ben Stiller one. You'll do one. the Ben Stiller one. Okay, this is yeah. perfect. All right, so folks, if you want to use this for your answering machine, it's free to use. Yep. Okay, here it goes. Hey, it's me. I've fallen and I can't get up. Unless you're calling to apply the principles of phenomenology to questions of ontology, please hang up and try again. You do you. I'll do the do. Yeah. Okay, and anyone Good. can use that. That's free. Anyone can use that. But if you if so, your vibe is more like upbeat and like earnest and I think, like, nice, Ethan. Every line Ethan Hawke delivers is delivered with like a scoff and like a eye roll. Yeah. Whereas like every line Ben Stiller delivers is like a shrug and an apology because like yeah. he doesn't. He says it to to Winona Ryder at some point in this movie. He says like, "I'm not into this stuff." You yeah. know, like. I like my car, but I'm not a car guy. And like, yeah. I like my job, but like, I'm not like a corporate guy. You yeah. Know? So he's constantly sort of apologizing for his success. Yeah. But we see the real, the real Ben Stiller under there somewhere because he really loves like collecting toys. Oh yeah, he's got like a nerd thing that like, and, and, and back loves, then like, that Dr. wasn't Zayas. cool. Yeah. 
Yeah. She breaks his Dr. Zay. He has like a, a Planet of the Apes figurine that she breaks at the beginning. That's Dr. Zay's from Planet of the Apes. Oh. You know what? Just forget it. Really, just forget the whole thing because it is probably my fault anyway and I'll get in trouble and I don't, it just doesn't, and you seem very sweet and you seem to like Dr. Zayas. Oh. That's, that's, he was just a collector's noble big So I think maybe that's what we do for mine is we kind of like fill it with nerdy like obscure nerd references that's perfect i don't know how to spell dr zayas because it just thinks i'm saying dr zeus i think it's c-a-i-u-s but okay because i was thinking maybe there was something he says um he's the villain he says you are right i always have known about man from the evidence i believe his wisdom must walk hand in hand with his idiocy his emotions must rule his brain he must be a warlike creature who gives battle to everything around him even himself that's heavy. That is pretty heavy. So Planet of the Apes, we can get in there. Do you want to yeah. start off being like... I guess I could say you damn dirty apes, you know, like, hey, what's up, you damn dirty apes? Okay, who says that? <laughs> um, I think that's what uh, Charlton Heston says in Planet of the Apes. Okay, so you want to say, hey, what's up, you damn dirty apes? That's pretty good. Yeah. Are you capturing this? Yeah, yeah, I'm capturing okay. it. Uh, so, hey, what's up? You damn dirty apes. Yeah. It's Tanner. Oh, it's me. You would say it's me. It's me. Yeah. It's, you were reading this for, for for others to use. And then, like, what's something I would be sort of, like... Busy you doing. Know, busy doing and, like, kind of proudly embarrassed of. Like, oh, sorry I couldn't come to the phone. I'm, like, currently, like, having dinner at Nobu or something like that, right? <laughs> Where it's, like, it's hip, but it's, like, hip in kind of a gross way. It's hippie, but lame. Yeah. Um, what about like, I'm probably having a, and then like describe a really ridiculous coffee order. Oh, perfect. Yes. God, that's great. I'm probably busy having like a no frap caramel macchiato. You know what I'm saying? I don't know how to do one, but something yeah, I'll, like that. I'll figure one out. It's me. I can't come to the phone because I'm at one of the Starbucks on my corner ordering a half calf venti a venti half calf triple pump uh double shot good this is great uh clover macchiato love it um okay that's great but and then say something authentic and nice but like i really want to hear i really like want to hear what you have to say but what I'm does really he say inter- to winona Ryder? does he say anything nice to her he says i love you yeah that's maybe a little strong for an answering machine message you sure it's the 90s, you know? We're a little bit more open about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I guess that's, that's true. not true. That was the 2000s. So we just want something authentic and nice. Maybe it's like... And I want... When you read this, I want you to be like a little nervous and apologetic. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How about this? How about this? How about like, um, instead of leaving a message, send me a postcard for some real human connection. Oh, that's great. Like that. That's really nice. Yeah. And then you can say, do you want to say toodles or is that too much? No, what would you have said in the 90s? Later? Later skater? Yeah. 90s slang for goodbye. Oh, man. You know what else fucking Whoop, Ethan there it Hawk is. Does? Whoop, there it is. Is that cool? <laughs> yeah, I just remembered another thing that Ethan Hawke does when he does answer the phone. So if you're lucky enough to call him and he doesn't let it go to voicemail, you know what he says? 
What? He says, Hello, you've reached the winter of our discontent. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking yeah. awesome. Um, but that's not what we're doing now. Okay, I've, so I've got it. So what do you want to say? Whoop, there it is? I think so. Whoop, Feels like there it I is. Say. Okay, sweet. So I'm going to send this over to you, and then you can just... Yeah, send uh, it on over. We'll we'll see where we where it takes us. Okay. See how so we feel. Record this, and then, folks, you can use this. And I won't be offended if you decide to use Tanner's instead of mine for your uh, your voicemail. It's, it's just the kind of person it's you are. Everyone has are everyone has two wolves inside of them. Ethan yeah. Hawke and yeah. Ben Stiller, you know? Yeah. Okay. Which is your more dominant wolf? Let's get a clean take here, and I just where I'll did you, you send it to me? Oh, I here. put it in the chat. Um, just a quick note here up front. Like I think like enthusiastic, but maybe like slightly apologetic, just in terms um, of like let how me, you're let feeling. Me, let me say the first couple lines, and you tell me if I'm getting it. Okay, yeah. Hey, what's up, you damn dirty apes? It's me. <laughs> yeah, I, I can like... probably come. I can't probably can't come to the phone right now because I'm too busy ordering a venti half calf triple pump double shot clover macchiato. That's good, and I like I like that it's me. Like you know, they're going to be disappointed. Yeah, okay. it's me. Perfect. You know, it's and it's me. like it's me. And I know you wish it were someone like Ethan. Yeah, Hawk, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get a take. Okay. And folks, this is it. You you can use clean. this for your voicemail. Yeah, clean take. Yep. One take. All right. What's up, you damn dirty apes? It's me. I probably can't come to the phone because I'm busy ordering a venti half-calf triple-pump double-shot clover macchiato. Hey, instead of leaving a message, why not send me a postcard for some real human connection? Whoop, there it is. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. I think that's like great. That. And yeah. then now, folks, you, whoever, you, we've got, got coverage for everybody. Yeah, for all the wolves inside of you. For the wolves inside of you, uh, I will say one very brief thing before we do our burns, which is that at the 19-minute mark, uh, Winona Ryder does do an Elizabeth Holmes voice, and it's very funny. <laughs> she does this, like, low... She They're does. all, like, smoking pot, and she walks in, and she goes... These guys better not be inhaling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Bill Clinton was probably, like, shaking in his boots when he heard that line. Yeah, definitely. Um, should we do our burns? Um yeah. A lot of burns in this book. Yeah, there was a lot of burns on this book. I got book. a few that I liked, and I'm going to yeah. say them all. Okay. How many do you have? One. Okay, let's hear yours first. It's a burn on me and a burn on Ben Stiller, but I'm okay. n- now realizing that that's uh, essentially you don't have to say it's a It's redundant. Right. Yeah, it's redundant. Yeah. They're talking. When yeah. I know, Winona Ryder and yeah. Ethan Hawke are talking about Ben Stiller's character. Whose yeah. name is Michael Grates, by the way. These these they all names, have names. Names are great. Lalana, yeah. Troy, and Michael. Yeah, I love it. And he says of Ben Stiller's character that he's the reason Cliff Notes were invented. I just would have liked to have been there to to watch how you rationalized sleeping with a yuppie head cheese ball on the first date. He's not a yuppie. He's the reason why Cliff Notes were invented. <laughs> Which is a, a burn on his intelligence. I think it's a burn on his emotional intelligence. I think it's yeah, true. It's true. Certainly true of me. I definitely got by on Cliff Notes uh, yeah. quite a bit in high school, especially. So yeah, that's funny. that was my burn. Yeah, that's funny. Okay, I've got uh, I've got another burn on Ben Stiller, which is when he shows up for the first time at the the coffee shop where they're all like having donuts or whatever, and he shows yeah. up, and uh, Ethan Hawke just goes, "Oh my god!" And Ben Stiller says, "Hi," and Ethan Hawke says, "Are you a collection agent?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's weird that they got together. Yeah, she doesn't seem quite right for him. But I mean, yeah. he's very successful and nice. And he's he's nice, yeah. He's a cutie too. Let's see. What was this other burn? Oh yeah, it's it's this like very awkward conversation between uh Ben Stiller and Ethan Hawke. 
Ben Ziller gets mad. He goes, I'm sorry I can't be Mr. Uh, hey, look at me. I'm Buddha on the mountaintop. You know what you are, man? You know what you remind me of? You, you like that, 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 that guy with the, you know, with, the, the, with the hat and the bells and the little, you know. And Ethan Hawke goes. The court gesture. Yeah. And Ben Stiller says. Yeah, right. Where everything's so easy to laugh at from a safe distance back in clever, clever land. You know what happens to him? They find his skull in a grave and they go, oh, I knew him and he was funny. And the guy, the court jester, dies all by himself. And then Ethan Hawke goes, Where'd you hear that? A Renaissance festival? <laughs> <laughs> and then he does say, Besides, everyone dies all everyone by, dies himself. by themselves. Besides, everyone dies all by himself. Yeah, and, and that made true. me think, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 We all die alone. Yeah. Good place to leave it, I think. And we all die, I yes. think, is the other important thing to remember. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. inevitable. Can't it's inevitable. It. What a good movie. Yeah, good movie. I hope we just watch more. You know, this means that we've watched as many Steve Zahn movies as Meg Ryan movies now. Oh, really? Everyone thinks of Meg Ryan as America's Sweetheart. But... <laughs> what about Steve Zahn? What about Steve Zahn? What else is he in? He was in um, You've Got Mail. Oh, really? Yeah, there we go. He was the young guy. who We're going to do store. every Meg Ryan movie before we're done here, my friends. And we'll have to see how many times Steve Zahn shows up in the Yeah. Um, I would like to thank you, Tanner, so very much for bearing with me today. You're welcome. I'd like to thank the Baby Bees and the uh, Bed Babies so very much for uh, bearing with us. We do love and kiss you so very much um, and yes. all the time and it's all true. throughout the day. It's absolutely true. I would like to say to everyone, please subscribe to our Patreon. We're doing the TGIF shows now. We're having a good time over there. It's patreon.com slash podcast. It's only $5 a month, and you get four shows a month about different TGIF shows in order, and it's so fun. So please yeah, check that it's, out. it's fun. And what else? You got to join our Facebook group, Baby Nation, on Facebook. And please recommend our show uh, to a friend and rate and review uh, the show. It's good. It's important. Do it. If you have just do it. Take a minute. Do it. Just do it. All that remains is for me to say that this week we did watch a movie. The movie we watched was called Reality Bites. It's one of the best movies. Next week, we're going to be watching a little movie I suggest called She's All That. Uh, with which yes. will be our first Freddie Prince Jr. Matthew Lillard uh, oh, vehicle, and hopefully not last. <laughs> hopefully not last. And I've never seen it. <laughs> oh, I've seen it. Uh, yeah, that's this is going to be great, and yeah. we're just sort of working our way through the timeline now. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're watching along, put "She's All That" on your dance card for this yep. week. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to come to it with virgin eyes. Hmm. I'm going to come to it with virgin, let's see, what part of me hasn't been, had sex with? (laughs) Don't answer that. All that remains is for me to say that this week I have, of course, been Jack Alexander Shepard. My name is 90s Tanner. And I hope that you find your happily ever after. We might be childhood friends and I might drive around the bend. Best case for for Winona is uh, like two years from now after that relationship absolutely crashes and burns. Uh, hang on, I gotta let my cat in. <laughs> okay. Come on, come on, come on, come on in, everybody. When you are a twenty year old cat, <laughs> it's kind of like I guess it's just like 
being an old man, she just like, she saw that the door was closed and this is where like her litter box and water is. And so she yeah. was just like banging her head into the door, backing up and banging her head into the door again. Doesn't it have a cat door on it? Uh, she's never figured out how to work it. So I just <laughs> locked it. Be very.